0: Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. So I want to to talk this morning about um, something that was dropped into my heart earlier this week, maybe late last week. And... um, and our experiences this week, my family's experiences, have actually heightened what I want to share. And we had this last week. We had an amazing opportunity to meet Miguel's parents and family. Miguel is our exchange student. He's not really an exchange student. He's our what do you call it? He's our he's our foreign student. He's from Mexico City, and his family came for Christmas from Mexico City. And he has five brothers and sisters. They're a family of six. Family of eight. Five brothers plus him. And um, so they came for Christmas. They came on um, 23rd of December. Miguel flew out to, to Vancouver to meet them. And then they spent Christmas in Vancouver, Victoria, and Whistler. And then on Tuesday, Tuesday night, the whole family came to Cranbrook. And it's like the entire family almost filled up the plane coming here. It was, it was amazing. Um, and the luggage, like. <laughs> We should, they rented... Their, <laughs> the culture is so different. Warm, warm, warm culture, warm climate culture people, they don't think about things that cold climate cultures do. Like, do you have a car rental for when you come? Oh, no, I never thought of that. Right, would you like me to look into it? Right, this is the day of them coming. And so I called Budget, or I called National, and they're like, they, I said, I need a, a vehicle that'll seat eight. And they just, they literally snorted on the phone... And and they said good luck, and I was like, wow, that's good customer service. Thanks, so I'm not going to be offended. I just won't talk to you anymore. So then I called Budget, and they're like, no, we don't have nothing. So I went down to the Budget um, office here, and he was more than helpful. He says it looks like they're going to have to rent two vehicles, and blah blah blah. He says, but there are a number of seven-passenger vehicles. He says, but you need eight, and I said, ah, they're from Mexico. They'll fit. They could fit ten. And 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 he looks at me. And goes, that's that's not right. I'm like, I didn't say that. You didn't hear that from me. <laughs> so we get to the airport. There was a, a, a really nice seven passenger vehicle ready for them. They didn't have to rent two vehicles. And we and I had my car. And but the luggage, you don't think like you, you think of a, a SUV and you open up the back and there's about this much space, this much space, this and like that. It was there was enough room for two bags for eight people, plus a snowboard. (laughs) So we packed everything, we packed everything into the Subaru, and we started our our adventure this week. And what an adventure we had this week. It was so amazing. So amazing to see a family who shows honor to each other, that there was no... um, what's the word entitlement there was no expectation there was just it was it was really watching love in asp in in action right and i was finding how much cold culture i am i'm i'm a warm culture person by nature you know but when i but when i seen some of the things that was happening i was starting to vibrate and for example we decided the girls wanted to go see a movie on Thursday night. The movie starts at 6:45, and so I get a text from from the father, and he says, um, "Who's all coming to the movie? I'd like to purchase your tickets." I'm like, "Well, thank you very much. It's very generous of you." I thought they were purchasing the tickets at that point, around four o'clock, so they'd have everything ready. No, um, and then I said, "Well, what are you guys doing for supper?" It's like, "Well, we're going to figure something out." So I gave him some options, and it was like 5, excuse me, 5.30. And I texted him. I said, what are you guys planning for supper? Did you guys decide? And, yeah, we're going to Boston Pizza. And I thought, he says, we're on our way there now. We'll be there for 6. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, that's going to be, well, they got the tickets. They're fine. So Deanna and I, we get to Boston Pizza, and it was 20 after 6. And they're still ordering. We're not ordering there. They're eating, but very, very slowly. And I'm looking at the time and I'm I'm just starting to vibrate a little bit. I'm looking and I'm going, okay Um, I said you guys got the tickets. He goes. Oh, no, no, no Miguel's got the money. He's gonna buy the tickets And I was like, okay He says sit sit eat with us have it. Can I order you a beer and I'm like sure why not You can't beat him join him and so sat down had a beer, had some pizza, twenty to twenty to seven. Oh, we should probably go over. And so we walk across the parking lot into the mall, go through the mall, and there's a huge line, right? And they're like, they don't. It's like whatever. And I was vibrant. I'm going, okay, this is not a big deal. So we st- stood in line, got our tickets, got into the movie just as the movie was starting. Didn't miss anything. And I was like. I could learn something from this. The time that they take for relationship is stunning. It's like you have a group of people, and it doesn't matter what is going on, when you enter into that sphere of influence, they welcome you individually. And so there's eight of them, and the papa comes, and he gives you a hug and a kiss, and then the mama, a hug and the kiss, and then all of a sudden, and you greet each one individually with a hug and a kiss. And I thought this is takes a lot of time. <laughs> I don't mind giving a hug and a kiss, for, but 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 it's not just the initial time at the airport. It's every time you come into contact with them. They don't see you. Oh, Jeff. Hug, kiss, and it's something changed. Something deepened in me that I. It's just so good. Just hanging around with a different culture like that for so long is it's it gives you a perspective of kingdom that you may not have had before because it's part of the kingdom it is a cultural reality for them it's you know it there's psychological and like things going on but it's kingdom because kingdom is what kingdom is relationship kingdom is family Kingdom, when we leave the concept of family, we leave the concept of kingdom. And we've talked about this. But seeing how an intentionality in relationship affects people around, there's this influence that happens. And that's what I wanted to talk to you today about, is, is learning how to be a world influencer, but doing it through relationship. Learned a lot this week about that. Had a lot of, lot of things happen in my life that just reminded me of, of where we're going and reminded me of how far we've come and reminded me of where we're at and how we're doing well. But in the sense of even doing well and becoming relationally and becoming connected and being family and being influencers, even though we're doing well, oftentimes it's like, we can, can we do better? And that's one of the things that's an earmark of somebody who wants to be a world changer, a world influencer, is that they're always looking to better themselves. They're always looking for ways like, okay, what, what area am I lacking? As a, as a, as a cook, I, I, I could sit back on my laurels and go, hey, I know it all. I don't, have to, I don't have to excel anymore because, hey, I've been cooking for 30 years. And for those of you who don't know, most of you know, I'm, just, I'm not a cook. I'm just I'm a home cook, and I love to do it. But I but I could sit back and go as a hobby and not change. As a pastor, as a person who relates, as a dad, as a husband, if I sit back and go, man, I have, I have captured the corner on being a husband. And Deanne, where's she? She's, she's back there going, amen, baby, you are amazing. She left, yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Like We, we need to be bettering ourselves. And finding ways and asking the father, how, okay, what areas am I lacking? What, what, do I, what can I do better? Because he always says, man, I just love what you're doing in this place. I love what you're doing. The father is always encouraging. He's always going, this is great. You, you go for it. And then, and then he goes and he sleek, sneaks in a, a little bit of a, and you're like, I didn't see that one coming. He says, I love you, but let's go here. Do you trust me to go here? And I believe that you know, as we are called, as part of our calling as ambassadors, as, as sons, as daughters of, of a kingdom, we are called to be influencers of the world. And it's not a new concept. It's not a new concept that that this like, oh, I never thought I should be an, an influencer before or a world changer. It's biblical. You know, we see time and time and time again throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament about the the heroes of old being changing their situation, changing the world that they were in, changing their spheres of influence, increasing them, changing the world. Throw out some that you can think of, biblical heroes that changed the world. Gideon. Yeah. Somebody else. Samson. Abraham, David, David, he, he you know, he, he consistently learned, or sorry, he consistently leaned into who God was. And in every situation in his life, God delivered him into, some, into a new area. He went from a, just a little kid shepherd, killing lions and tigers and bears, oh my, <laughs> to, you know, stoning a giant to living in the king's presence as a, as a worship leader, to being king, to being chased as a warrior from the, a mad king to being king. He changed the world, and he established an, even a new covenant because he foresaw what was available thousands of years ahead of time as he worshipped in the, in, the, in the tabernacle, and he, and he brought worship, and he said, like, this is something that we need to do. It wasn't part of the Mosaic Covenant. It was actually contrary to the Mosaic Covenant. And David saw it, and because David was known as a friend of God, God's like, I like your heart. I'm going to allow this. And he changed it, because, but he allowed himself to into every situation that we, he was at. He leaned into God, who God was. And so if he knew that God had put him in charge of a flock of sheep for his father and a bear came along, he knew that it was his job to tear that bear apart. And he did. And God's like, yep. Thanks. (laughs) I should have silenced my phone. Roger is responding. Talk about a slow text. Rayanne accused me of being a slow texter. Anyway. Anyway. So, so he, he killed the bear, and then he moved on to Goliath, and, if, and God gave him, he knew who God was, and he used his influence to affect change in that world. That's just David. That's just like, so some of the other ones, uh, Daniel. Here's a young man who was influenced, who was caught up in the whole political, the geopolitical issues of the day, who was his? You know, Israel was conquered, and he was a, he was he was captured. He was castrated, and then he was thrown into into the um, pool of false prophets, in a sense. <laughs> Excuse me. He became, you know, he was he was likened with uh, the word is gone. Who magicians? Thank you, Rock. So he was with the magicians and the soothsayers. And the, and here he was, somebody who was a follower of of God, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel. And he was stuck in there. How would you like now? It'd be like us being captured and taken to another land and saying, you are actually going to become Muslim. And you're going to follow Allah. And you're going to prophesy and do all the things in Allah's name. And you will have no contact. How would most of us respond? Heck no. We won't go. We wouldn't have a, you know, it just, it's just not us. It's just, maybe we would. But it's just something that blows my mind that someone like that, but he knew who God was. And he allowed who God was in his life to influence everything around him. And so he, um, he, He allowed the love of Jesus, in a sense. It's this Old Testament, so Jesus wasn't there. But love is love. He took his circumstances and allowed his circumstances through love to influence not just one king who did all this nastiness to him, but actually, I think it was three kings. At the end of his life, at like 96, 98 years old, he's thrown into the lion's den after... 60, 70, 80 years, 75 years of service. And what's the first thing that he says to the king who threw him in there when he woke up the next morning and Daniel was still alive, was, oh, king, that you would live forever. I'm alive. That's love. That's showing commitment to the ones that you don't necessarily agree with. How would any of us love to be a chief advisor to Trudeau right now? I think it would be amazing because, you know, you don't agree with... I, I saw something the other day, I'm going to get political on you. It said, I'm going to get political, I'm sorry. Um, it's the, 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 the sign was, number of prime ministers who had ethics issues before Justin Trudeau, zero. Number of ethics issues that Justin Trudeau has had since been in office, four. I'm like, hmm. And that's not a criticism. I'm not saying this is a criticism. I'm saying this as where are the people in his life that are actually standing up for truth but also loving the man? We can disagree with the politics, but he's still a man. He still loves, he still has issues, he still, has, he still needs people in his life that will actually love on him and show him the truth. But it's easy for us as a culture to villainize our political leaders, and Trump is a good one. I mean, if you think of Trump, it's really easy. He makes it really easy for us to criticize as a leader of another country. But at the same time, there is way more going on in the background that we do not see as I believe there's way more in the background going on in Justin Trudeau's life that we don't see because it's not popular. There are people in his life that are chief advisors that are advising him. There are people in his life that are using their influence and as a, even as Christians to bring light into that area. That's just one area. But what about us? It's easy to say, okay, well, there's the world leaders, there's the biblical leaders, You know, there was David, there's Daniel, and we can think of the New Testament. You know, there's Paul, there was John, there's Peter. They all were world changers. But who was the number one world changer? It was Jesus. And why did he have to come to change the world? What was his chief reason? Relationship. It was to reestablish heart connection with people to God. A lot of times people say, well, it was to save us of our sins. Kind of. I don't want to say no, because that's not true. But that's the religious way of saying relationship. He needed to change the covenant. The covenant, the old covenant, had to go away because it did not allow for life at the end. Because there was no way that men or women could actually fulfill all of the requirements of that old covenant. And the Lord set up that covenant purposely to show that, no, you need more. There's, like, you can't earn my love. You have to have something involved that that doesn't require you to do anything. And that's why the covenant was actually, the new covenant is actually between Jesus and God, because we're not even part of it. We're just, we're adopted in. And Paul talks about that is that you were adopted into the family and it's as if you were born naturally to, to the Father. And that's beautiful. I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way. But that's what in the States, when, when when a when a judge will grant adoption, when a family wants to adopt a baby, he says these words. He says, as if they were your very own. And it's like, wow, you can't get any more clear. And that's what God is saying to us in the New Covenant is that you are adopted into this family as if I bore you myself. So as influencers, we have to understand that, that Jesus was the chief influencer. He changed the entire political scene. He changed everything when he came. And his, what he did to do that was he did what? What did Jesus do to change everything? This is your time to throw out some answers. What did Jesus do when he came? How? How? No, it wasn't through the new covenant because the new covenant hadn't been established yet. What did Jesus do to show the covenant? But how? How did Jesus do it? I heard the, What did you say? Through his death, yeah, but, but he was but he was in ministry for three years prior to his death, and he was still showing what the, what the kingdom was was looking like. Kathy, huh? Yeah, but how? <laughs> Thank you. By example, <laughs> he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cast out demons, he corrected bad thinking he he like and what and i've said this before the way he influenced the world was through serving through love and through showing what his father's kingdom was all about because nobody had ever seen it before nobody had ever seen like there was 400 years of quietness between between the book of malachi and the book of matthew but they they didn't know that then They just realized at that point there was, man, it's been a long time since we've had a prophet. John the Baptist comes along and said, yo, um, there's one coming that's going to be in power. He's coming. Prepare the way. Get ready. Get ready. And then Jesus shows up, and he's like, guys, let's have a party. Let's show what, let let me show you my Father's kingdom. Let me show you what heaven, not just heaven, because heaven is like, but let's just use the word heaven. Let's just show you what heaven is like. Let me show you what the kingdom of God is all about. And he comes down and he starts to heal on a Sunday or a Saturday or whatever the Sabbath is. He starts to heal on the Sabbath. He starts to say to women who are caught in adultery, yeah, you're okay. I understand your situation. Just stop it calls out the Pharisees saying, you guys are way too religious. You guys are way too caught up in, in the rules and regulations and you're missing the point. You're missing the point of the relationship that I have with my father. What do you mean with your father? You can't, oh, you know, and it's this, but he's showing the people what the reality of the kingdom is. And in that, in serving people, because you, you've got to, you've, you know, you got to see Jesus's heart in this. You got to see that he just wanted to love. He was the epitome of love. He was love. God is love. And so love manifests in a physical sense. Everything that oozed out of him was love. Even in anger, when he got mad at the Pharisees, when he got mad at the money changers, when he got mad at the disciples, you know, we get caught up and say, well, we can't get mad. Don't yell at me. I don't, you know, I don't like it when you yell at me. I don't like it when you, when you get mad. Well, there's a difference between getting mad with a righteous indignation and an anger than and not sinning. And Jesus did all that. And if Jesus was love and he did all of this, then we can say that there's aspects of things that we, should, we need to be doing that require a little bit more action that we're doing than we are. Does that make sense? So I honestly believe that we, as 21st century Christians, as believers of Jesus... As ambassadors, as sons and daughters, as princes, as princesses, we are called to influence every area of our life for, for, for good. But what does that look like? Because like, some of us, I think most of us, don't compare ourselves with with the ones that are changing the world. Who can you think of in the 20, 20th, 21st century as a world changer, whether they're Christian or not, who who would you consider a world changer or a society changer, culture changer? Bill Gates, Billy Graham, Heidi Baker, what? Yeah, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, who? Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, <laughs> these men and women were world changers, world influencers. And in twenty years, we're gonna look back in twenty years and go, man, they were they were fathers and mothers in whatever area. But what about what was it about them that caused them to to change it? And it boils down to, I believe for the believer, just a few things. One is have a dream. Oftentimes these amazing ministries start Let's just look at a Christian, in the Christian worldview. Someone said Heidi Baker. When Heidi Baker started, her and Roland were in, in Asia struggling to plant a church. But the struggle started there. They had a heart for the lost. They had a heart to see the kingdom established. They had an idea. And if you can think, 30, I don't know how many years, I think it's about 30, 35 years, Later, longer than that, I think. What they have today and the way the Lord has poured out, it was basically because they started. Most of us will not change the world because we do not even get out of our chairs. (laughs) Excuse me. And I was challenged with that this this week. I was thinking, why is it like I had, I've always had lots of ideas of things that I want to do. You know, I I just like, oh, my mind is always going. I, I think I should try this. And yet, I do very little of them. The only thing that I actually do is in my, with my ideas is, is the whole cooking thing. Because I'm always like, oh yeah, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. Right? That's the most consistent. I'm not saying that there's not other areas, but that's the most consistent because I'm always learning, I'm always changing. And I thought that is the very core of what we need, is that we need to be understanding that if we have an idea, let's do it. Let's take the idea and let's try it out and see what God does. I can say that every major movement, every act of God, every outpouring of God started with one man or one woman with an idea. And they, were, and they used that idea and they did something with it. They started to feed the poor. They started by feeding one person. Let's try standing over here. Well, that's awkward. That's weird. Who was the um, founder of Salvation Army? William Booth. William Booth started because there was kids that were hungry. That there was men on the, or women on the streets hungry because their men were drinking. And it developed a taste in, in their life for for helping. And hundred and plus years later, we have the Salvation Army who is still a major, major social um, influencer in the world because one man and one woman said, are you hungry? Here. That's all it took. It started with Jesus saying, you're healed. Come here, let me spit in your eye. You're healed. Lazarus, come here, buddy. Come on out. It starts with that. We just have to have an idea of what we want to do. And it may not even be that grandiose, like an idea. It may be just seeing a need and meeting that need, and then it turns into something else. There was a movie a few years ago. Uh, oh, what's the name of it? I think it was, hmm? Or was it Robots? And the, the catchphrase was, "meet a nee- see a need, meet a need. It's Robots. Great movie. Just couldn't remember the name. Meet a need, see a need, meet a need. It's like that's kingdom. If we see something and we have the, the the necessary resources to meet that need, then why don't we meet it? Well, we don't know what they're going to do with that five dollars. We don't need, know what that person is going to do if I help them. We don't. It doesn't matter. If you have a heart to do something, look around you for that need, and if there's that, if it's there and you can meet it, then you're called to meet that need. I believe that Jesus met every need that he came into contact with and even then some that he didn't even wasn't aware of because of just who he was and i'm thinking about the woman who had the issue of blood and she just touched his his hem and he and she was healed so i want to give you permission today to be an influencer to take your life wherever you're at whatever job that you're in whatever area of life you're in whether you're young whether you're middle-aged whether you're retired or whether you're, you just have something something bursting in you you have permission to go and influence the world let no one hold you back to say you can't do this that, that yeah you have to like I, I posted something the other day about clarity that like you don't pray for clarity you pray for for wisdom Clarity is some. If we all had clarity in what God had for us, we would be scared to death and we wouldn't get out of bed, because we would see we would see clearly ten years from now and where we're at, and we'd be like, "Heck no, I'm not doing that." We don't pray for clarity. We pray for trust. We actually say, "Lord, help me trust you better." And so, if there's something in your heart, we can all be influencers in Cranbrook. Cranbrook would be changed in like today's. January 7th, 2018, January 7th, 2019, the entire region could be upside down if every one of us in this room said, this is what, how I'm going to influence my world. And that's, and that's not a guilt trip because you're like, well, I don't know what to do. But don't go there. But this year, in this week, start, even today, you go out for lunch, find out what, the, what your assignment is for the day. Find out, do you need to talk to that waiter or that waitress? Or servers, as they're called, sorry. Just like Jesus modeled his father's kingdom, we copy what Jesus did, and we model his kingdom to our world around us. I had like nine ways to influence the world, but I think you get the picture. Simply be yourselves, allow Jesus to be who he is in you, and let him out. Because we do not know how that is going to change our world. But I, also, I do know that it's going to be positive. I'm going to close because... <clears throat> i getting so mad. I'm going to close because I actually didn't read anything. So let's look at Acts. I'm gonna close, I'm seriously gonna close with this. Acts 10. It's one of my favorite verses. This is the this is the foundation of, of this message. I was actually gonna open the message with reading this, but you know. Um four days ago I was fasting in no, that's not it. So Peter's talking. And um, Peter liked to talk. Acts 10, verse 34. And Peter says, Now I know for certain that God doesn't show favoritism with people, but he treats everyone on the same basis. It makes no difference what race of people one belongs to if they show deep reverence for God and are committed to doing what's right. They are acceptable before him. God sent his word to the Jewish people first, announcing the wonderful news of hope and peace through Jesus, the anointed one, the Lord of all. You are well aware of all the, that all blah, blah. you are well aware of all that began in Galilee and spread throughout the land of Israel immediately after John preached the message of baptism. Jesus of Nazareth, verse 38, was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, and with great power he did wonderful things for others and divinely healed all who were under the tyranny of the devil, for God had anointed him. We apostles were eyewitnesses to the miracles that were performed throughout the land of Israel. Finally, in Jerusalem, he was crucified on a cross, but God raised him up from the dead three days later, allowing him to be seen openly. And he didn't appear to everyone, but he appeared to us, his chosen witnesses. He actually ate and drank with us after he rose from the dead. Jesus ordered us to preach and warn the peeper that... Peeper. The peepers. God ordered us to preach and warn the people that God had appointed him to be the judge of the living and the dead. Not only us, but all the prophets agreeing in their writings that everyone who believes in him receives complete forgiveness of sins for the power of his name. See, that is going to be the foundation of what we do. In some translations, in verse 38, it says, And Jesus went around doing good and healing all. That's our mandate. That's how we're going to be influencers. By doing good and healing all. So, In order for us to heal all, we have to attempt to do it. Right? Let's stand. All right, are you encouraged? Do you feel like, yeah, I could be an influencer? So I want to say, it's not like I see you as not being an influencer. You are influencers. You just are. It's who you are. It's the question is who am I influencing for? Right? And so, Father, I ask that every person in this room actually connects with who you are in the heart of Jesus, in the showing of who the, what the kingdom is all about. And each person in this room would actually begin and, will continue, begin and continue to influence for the kingdom. Because we know that we're most aware of the kingdom that we're most aware of. We will act out of the area that we're most aware of. The air, the kingdom, the, the reality that we're most aware of, we will reflect. And so, Father, help us to reflect and be aware of your kingdom first and not anything else. And what is real in your kingdom, we would reflect that as it's real in our lives. So, Jesus, I just invite you to get them. Get them. Go get them. Amen? All right. Bless you guys. For listening to our sermon of the week, our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of His presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.